1: Welcome to Hit Me One More Time, the Nostalgia Reflection Podcast, where we look at the things that we loved when we were younger and ask the question, is this good? I'm David Luzader, and with me, as always, is Nick Shermooksness. Nick, hello.
2: I thought for a split second you were going to say Phil Rude.
1: I considered it. I almost did.
2: (laughs) Which would have been perfect, because I've been like, hold up.
1: Wait a second. Oh, well,
2: um, Nick, I'm my own co-host tonight. That's, yeah. Well, yeah, no, that's... this is going to be an interesting episode given the the rivalry that uh, Phil and I have for your affection, David.
1: <laughs> I, mean, I forget that the two of you haven't been on together in like a year because I've, you know, I, I talk to Phil fairly regularly. I talk to you all the time. It's just, it's that, you know, the overlap. Is Phil, he
2: said all the time.
1: Yeah, I knew it. I knew it. Fairly regularly all right well we've already we've already uh you've <laughs> already, heard his already voice. gotten awkward
2: spoilers if you did not look at the title of this episode yeah, boy, um,
1: we're already all over the place but i'm barreling forward yes there's someone else meeting with us here in this men's room stall to share this single cigarette that i've pilfered and that is phil rude of oh wait no phil don't tell me it's um oh boy it's the Austin
0: Austin podcast, right? The Austin Roode show. The, that's what everybody calls it. Yeah, it's uh, I'm uh, I'm I'm the Ed McMahon to Austin's <laughs> Johnny Carson. Um, hey you know. <laughs> no, it's yes.
1: a, the the picture show which you you guys just wrapped up your second season. That's very exciting.
0: Yeah, just uh, hmm. just put a pin in season two. We're taking a little break now.
1: Any idea what's on the horizon for season three? We have some ideas.
0: We'll have an announcement. Um, Austin uh, got on a plane to New York City. Going to spend a couple weeks in the big city uh, today. And when he gets back, I think we're going to drop an announcement and start working on season three.
1: Exciting. So he's trying to make it big. He's following his dreams. If he can make it there, he can make it most places. (laughs) Very so just out of curiosity,
2: their, their show has breaks. Do do we ever have a break, or is this, we're just
1: going to... Oh, you're doing this forever now. This is okay. an, an endless You guys cycle. are ambitious. I'm I mean, pretty lazy. I,
2: I, I, was, I was convinced, you know, given that I've been in a jail cell for for about a year now, a little over a year now, and I the shackles and all that, but I just wanted to ask if there was a break.
1: Maybe we'll be one of those podcasts that like gets to 100 episodes and we're like, uh, this was the end of season one. Because we want to take like two months off, but probably not. Because I a hundred episode season. Yeah, I have an addiction <laughs> that must be <laughs> constantly fed by creating content into the void. The void. Speaking of the void, that transition doesn't make sense at all. <laughs> but Phil, you brought a, <laughs> you brought a topic this week. You brought us a movie, and I'm realizing that I don't have the show notes up, so I'm going to keep vamping uh, while I'm pulling them up here it's a movie it's a disney movie surprisingly despite all the curse words and uh, other adult themes that appear in this movie that's right it is the journey of natty gan this 1985 disney film follows the eponymous natty gan a teen girl who lived during the great depression not really i mean it's a it's a fake movie I mean, it's a real movie. The Great
2: Depression uh, never happens. It's a fake movie about a real (laughs) person. Wait.
1: Yep. Uh, After her father moves across the country for work, Natty takes off after him befriending a wolf. It's not actually a a wolf. And uh, Cusack, but not Joan, along the way. (laughs) This is the part of the show where we share our own personal histories with the topic. Phil, you brought this here. What's your history with the journey of Natty Gann? Why'd you want to bring it? i you know it's not it's not batman 2 it's a little bit of a departure from that
0: i was really close to finishing off the 90s uh uh, batman saga but um i went with this one instead this is a movie i saw when it came out when i was 10 years old uh i saw it on home video because it's a nice wholesome family adventure (laughs) which is actually a lot darker than i remember it being but um we we saw it, we rented it uh, from our local video store, and then, I don't know how long they did this, so I don't know if this was still going on when you guys were kids, Disney used to have like a Sunday night movie every week on like ABC, so there would be a lot of times just some made for, made especially for that time slot, made for TV, uh, real schlocky, dumb movie. Um, but once in a while they would throw like a classic Disney movie, like the apple dumpling gang or something like that. And, uh, one time they played this, they played this when It was still a fairly new movie. And my family, uh, because we didn't have a lot of money to buy movies, we recorded it off TV. (laughs) And so I saw this movie like a ton when I was a kid, um, probably all through me being in junior high. And then like probably a little bit into high school, And then I'll bet, I was trying to think of the last time I saw this movie. If you told me that I have not watched this movie in 30 years, I would believe you. I just one day never watched it again and almost never thought of it until very recently. Um, And then I was like, I wonder if that movie is still good because nobody talks about it. Um, and, And so when you asked me to come back on here and pick a topic... I was like, I'm going to revisit this movie that I saw a ton and then not at all. Just, I just like, just cut this movie out of my life for some reason.
1: Um, so I thought it'd be a good opportunity to revisit it. Well, that's the whole point of the show here. I had certainly never seen it. I had heard the title um, and it like stuck with me because like Natty Gan is an interesting name. It's interesting. an odd name, yeah. yeah. It's a combination of words I hadn't heard before. But even then, like, if you had asked me to name this movie before, like, I watched it earlier this week, I would have been like, uh, I, I, you know, the something Natty Gann, just something with Natty Gann, I would not have been able to form it. And if you asked me, to, the plot would have been out entirely. Never had any idea what the plot was. I thought it was older than 1985. I didn't realize that it came out then. Um, so this was all brand new to me. Nick, how much did you watch Natty Gann growing up?
2: Zip Zero Zilch. Um, yep, that's it. Literally, I had no idea this film existed until fall, Phil fall, Phil brought it to the table. Um, and
1: that is it.
2: I could keep vamping, but I think that we really want to get to the heart of the discussion, you know?
1: Yeah, which is the history. Well, we already get to our histories, but the world's history of the topic. Nick, I see here you have a long beautifully written it's quite funny too i read it i I can't wait i think our listeners will laugh they might cry they're gonna learn something about this movie and themselves so can you tell us about the world's history with the journey of natty gan god that's a lot of pressure
2: Uh, um (laughs) the history of the journey of natty gan is pretty bare bones It was a film produced by Walt Disney Pictures and released by Buena Vista Distribution insert laugh track there, I guess. Uh, It was directed by Jeremy Paul Kagan. Uh, It stars Meredith Salinger as the titular Natty, as well as John Cusack, Ray Wise, and Scatman Crothers. Uh, Fun fact, this was apparently Scatman Crothers' final theatrical appearance before he passed away. You might also know Crothers from The Shining, and I also never knew this, but Jazz... From the transformers cartoons of the era and like i didn't go and look for confirmation on that i just like the second i read that i could hear jazz's voice in my head and i was like oh shit. right there
1: there was another exciting appearance um yes nick i also looked up the history of this film and there was not much so don't nobody accused nick of being lazy i think,
2: I think the, the way phil put it was that this was like something that that disney you know put out on a sunday You know, afternoon, like no drama, no, no, whatever. It's just they made a movie and and put it out there and it exists.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Not a lot was documented of its making. Um, despite John Cusack being in it, I don't know what that would mean. But there's another famous person you didn't mention in here, and that is Jed, the wolf dog. And I, I, I mentioned Jed only because, and this will mean more to Phil, but Phil, uh, Jed. Was the the dog thing from the thing?
0: Oh no way! Yeah. Oh cool! I I had no idea. I was. I mean, we've got carryovers from two of my favorite horror movies of all time. You got Scatman Crothers and Jed. Um, this <laughs> two is, powerhouses this in one film. <laughs> and and I mean, if you are going down the whole uh, uh, mind twist. Uh, psychedelic nightmare fuel you've got ray wise who is uh the dad of laura palmer in twin peaks yeah so he's always like mourning a daughter every time i've seen him (laughs) in something Um, and there's a boy this is like the hub of weird connections to to other horror things
1: well and john cusack was in i i can't remember the the title and i I dare you, listeners, to try to remember it as well. Some movie about a haunted hotel room that I think Samuel Jackson is in.
0: I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, it's like 1408
1: or something like that. Room 1408. 14, 1408. Wait, isn't it's, uh, wait isn't 1408 also the Marvel comic?
2: 1602.
1: Ah, dang it! Why did I think it was Fortnite? That's yeah,
2: 1408 is the name of the movie with john cusack and samuel L. don't jackson. pretend
1: you didn't just that you don't watch that movie all the time nick i've seen I that did, movie I,
0: one time and i couldn't tell you almost nothing about it.
2: it i remember seeing it in theaters and i remember that it had john cusack and samuel, L. Jackson, samuel L. jackson and a, and a storm a ho- hotel room and a key <laughs>
1: Yeah, and, and a, a
2: noose. I'm actually just listening up things I'm seeing in the little preview images. <laughs> just, on he just Google image to this movie. <laughs> There's, There's a lamp seen. in the movie.
1: <laughs> a lamp. <laughs> you remember the scene with the lamp? Oh, John Cusack uh, in this yeah. movie a little a little bit. When I saw it, I was opening up on Disney Plus. I'm like, oh, John Cusack, like cool. It's gonna be a John Cusack movie. He shows up briefly in the beginning, and then uh, briefly towards the end, and that's pretty much it. He was, he was not a big deal yet. Um, I think he had only done, this was only
0: like the third or fourth credit on his IMDb.
2: Really? Um,
0: yeah, I, he had done 16 candles. Uh, I think that was probably his biggest thing that was released and Better Off Dead came out the same year as this. Uh, Uh, but my uh... wife said the same thing. Uh, we got like halfway through the movie and she said, um, Hey wait, where's the harmonica guy? And I go uh yeah, he was just the guy on a train. And she goes, "Who is the actor?" Like it had been bugging her this whole time. I go, "It's John Cusack." And she's like, "That's it. That's all we get of John cuz he's only in the movie for like 5 minutes until he he comes back at almost the end." And uh and I was like, "Yeah, he comes back." And she's like, "Oh, okay." She's like, "That's a really big. That's like a small role to waste on a big actor." And that—that that was when I was like, "You know, how big of an actor he wasn't huge, but he was like, I think starting to get some momentum at this time." Yeah. it's a
2: great example of how time play, like time and memory, you know, plays with it. Where just because we're watching a movie that's at the beginning of John Cusack's career, we can't separate sort of the. Are we allowed to call John Cusack a tour de force, but either way, tour de force that John, you know, Cusack became or just how popular he was for a, a long period of time. Um, so it's a it's, it feel I, I can sense that weirdness because I definitely like I didn't look up his his movie history or anything, too. So when he didn't appear for most of the movie, I was wondering what was like, what was the deal? So that's that's interesting.
1: Yeah, it's weird to think that this is the same year as Better Off Dead because I see him in this. And for some reason, I assumed like he's an adult, uh, but he's supposed to be, I guess, like also a teenager riding the rails. Um, cause, but, I, but I think of him, Better Off Dead. I think of him as like the young, you know, high school aged guy yeah. that, you know, that he was playing there. One weird thing, not weird, interesting, I'll say, because I'm looking at, I'm looking at his IMDb right now and I'm just scrolling through. And this guy. Never did TV. He was a voice on an episode of Frasier, as like so many actors were in the '90s.
0: Uh, oh, like a call-in, like the like the radio
1: call-in. Yeah, yeah. He did. Yeah. Something. So that was the only thing TV related he did. He was only movies until 2013. He was in an episode of something called Doll and M, which I, I have no idea uh, what that. Is. That was an HBO thing. So you know, that's still like a little bit highbrow. But that now he's in a TV show called utopia which i think is probably also some uh, that's a prime video thing but it's just weird he never like guested on a show never did yeah. anything until the last decade i mean even tom hanks was on tv
0: for a long time
1: even tom you know, hanks
0: like the, uh, like the, you, you you hold it like who's our greatest actor and, and you know everybody always eventually circles around to like tom hanks uh denzel washington was on tv you know like these these powerhouse actors
1: yeah john cusack skipped tv that's really weird and look what it's done for his career because i can't name any john cusack movie of the last 10 years that's not his fault for not being on tv what is john cusack doing now what
0: he's He's waiting for the natty gann reboot exactly i was Um, gonna say he's waiting for the where he's
1: gonna play the ray wise character (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) <laughs> no, he's a Scatman Cruthers character. He'll be the he'll be selling pots and pans in uh in the shantytown
1: flea market. Yeah. This was a, a pretty good depiction of um like depression era life though. And that's one thing I was reading, like the movie got praised for as well, is they did pretty good of actually, you know, showing you kind of what it was like or making it feel real to the time period at least. All these people being sad and, and destitute. Oh, for it, sure. I I think there was a
0: lot of, like, socioeconomic stuff in this movie. I was really surprised, like, uh, this movie is uh, kind of still relevant because there's a lot of income inequality and class structure stuff kind of just woven into this really simple Disney family movie. It's, it's really strange to look at it now and go, this is kind of heavy for a, a kid's movie. Right.
2: Yeah, I, I actually was a bit surprised. It really didn't. I mean, for 1985, uh, I feel like a movie, if Disney, not that Disney is above controversy, right? But I feel like if Disney was to release a movie like this now, where it shows like police like are evicting people and, and all of that, that it would get a lot more flack nowadays than, and I, to be fair, I don't fully know, but how much flack it maybe got back in 1985. But I feel like given the current discourse that this movie would have,
1: um, well, I think they were being raised. accurate to the era, you know, that was, right, right, that, right. that stuff was happening back then. Like, I don't, I don't think they were, they were making any sort of political statement about the time. And I think if you're making an oppression era movie now, unless you were drawing like clear parallels between, you know, now and then, um, uh, I mean, that's just, you know, that's how it went. People had homes and then the next day did not. Did not, yeah. It was a, yeah, there's a lot of like heavy, not, always dark but i mean there's one sexual assault scene that was
0: that i did not remember parts of this movie and uh and that was one of them and it really really shocked me to see it today i was like this movie is so much darker than i remember it and
2: also like i mean let's just obviously start off with the caveat that rape and sexual assault is awful bad should be done but like what what was the guy's plan like he's driving a vehicle with a wolf in his back seat. And, like, did he just expect her to go along with it? I mean, props to Natty for freaking fighting back. But, like,
1: I mean, she's a small, you know, she's supposed to be like 15 years old, but she looks, you know, younger than that. She's not necessarily a physical force herself. Like, ugh, I don't like thinking about it or talking about it, but, you know he was trying to force himself upon her physically. And if thank, thank God Jed was there. Jed. No, she's not, uh,
0: she's not physically like they, they even show a bunch of times in this movie, her, uh, punching above her weight class and kind of failing, you know, like she, she lets the wolf out of the barn and then tries to block the door. These large drunken men, and she's like eighty pounds, trying they to just block the door, and they her just shove her out of
1: the way. Like she's <laughs> yeah,
0: like no problem. She can't pull herself up on the train. She's trying to to fight these bigger battles than her, and it is like, oh, I'm I'm so glad that Wolf was able to bust through that back windshield because, uh, it yeah, it's been proven time and again like she cannot hold her own against. Right. Uh, she's just she's just like a tiny little thing, um. But, man, that whole scene is just so it's so dark and so uncomfortable, and uh, like I don't think this is like it this has this movie has like some dark edges, and I don't wanna say it's a dark movie, uh, but talking about like the depression era stuff and like there is an edge of like sadness to this movie yeah. like i don't mm. like I don't feel like like this movie is very fun, but there's always like right on the periphery of that is like. I mean it is the great depression and it is kind of a depressing uh movie and I think the only time they get away from that is when they they get out and show them walking on the road and just like they photograph landscapes so well in this movie that like it actually like kind of takes you out of that for a you get a little respite from it in the middle of the movie where you're like oh this is beautiful scenery this is shot really well yeah. Right. Her face um,
2: stays remarkably clean despite basically being on the run for God knows how long <laughs> it takes to get from Chicago to, to the Pacific Northwest via Colorado. Yeah, apparently. she's
0: going south. And... The longest possible route. They're playing Ticket to Ride out there.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> I got longest road or not longest road, uh, longest route. I'm not mixing up Catan and, and uh, the Ticket to Ride out here. Um, shoot. I was, oh, yeah. Uh, and then also with like the dad the dad being up at, like the labor camp, and they're not—they're not making it seem like oh, he went off and he's—he's he's living this wonderful life of like hauling lumber. Uh, they show that like people die doing this work. A oh lot. yeah. Uh, but it's—it's it's the work he can get right, and he early on he almost does the Disney thing of like I'm not going to take this job because I have a daughter, and I'm gonna. You know, I'm I'm going to figure it out here. And then he takes a look at, like, the other guys around him and realizes, like, if he doesn't take this job, he's going to be like them. And there's no hope for him or his daughter at that point. So he has to abandon his child and go across the country. With the worst lady in the world. Like, he left her with the worst lady he could have. Yeah, she's not great. I forget what I was going to say about her, but she's a jerk. And then she overhears her. Calling the police to report an abandoned child, yeah,
0: yeah, it's all such a um the 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 thing that struck me about I think this rewatch and this kind of illustrates it perfectly is that beginning segment right up to where she runs away is how quick everything happens like the the turnaround from uh he's. Like this movie opens. It's a Disney movie that opens with a labor meeting, a, a an organized labor <laughs> meeting. Like it's like, why why is the Disney movie opening with a union meeting? Not day, but it's what did Disney's not, come now? it's <laughs> not at Disney, no. Um, but like it goes from that to from he's like a a a fighter for the the working man to you got a job, you gotta leave. Uh, I got to find someone to take care of my kid. I found someone. He leaves town. She almost immediately turns around and reports. And it's just like there's, there's every scene is just like there's no transition to it. There's no like gradual nature to it. It's just like one after the other after the other. It just seems like so fast paced like they had to get the setup to this movie out of the way super fast.
2: I'm also wondering, what was the point of the first dog? Was it just to establish that she has an affinity for dogs? I, I, which I guess is fine. But it was also sort of like, I'm going to tie you here. Presumably someone, I think she names dropped someone's, but like someone will come scat take care sc- of yeah, her. Yeah, she looked him for a
0: scat man to, to come take care of. Oh,
2: okay. Well, I hope that he remembers to find the dog.
1: Well, it's implied um, its implied that she's done that before with other animals. So,
2: it's true. It's true.
1: I mean, yes. Yeah, I co- I couldn't
0: quite figure it out either, but I think it was just that to establish like, oh, she loves
1: animals. She loves dogs. And Fair they enough. love her because later we're going to show you a very real-looking dog fight. Uh Yeah, uh,
2: how do they incredible. film something like that?
1: I, I don't know. And I was trying to look it up, and there's not like there, as we've established, there's not a ton about this movie out there. So I couldn't find anything about that. I'm just like hoping against hope. Like it's not real. Cause there's also the scene with the Fox. Um, I I, sh- I meant to check oh, yeah. at, at the end credits. Like Wait. was there what anything? That's with the fox?
2: Why am I totally blanking on the scene so with the Fox?
1: She goes to, uh, she comes across like this farm um, and it lives with them for a little while. And this actually had one right, of my, right. one of my favorite parts is when she's talking with the, the, um, the farmer or the two farmers, because the the woman works on, on there as well. I'm not gonna say she's not a farmer, I'm not gonna say farmer's wife. This is twenty twenty one, dang it. Ugh. Anyway, uh when she's talking to them, she's like, I I'm traveling out there with a wolf. And the guy's like, No, you're not. No uh. Right? Stop telling you know, he calls her a liar. Yeah, stop telling her lies. Liar. And like <laughs> huffs and like slams the door.
2: Wolf ain't nobody's friend, you must be seeing things. It's true. You're a liar, kid. I am not. Leave her be, Al.
1: Wolf. Um. But yeah, then like there's a fox going into like the chicken coop, and the wolf, uh, not a wolf, wolf dog, takes care of it. And like when they show him like wriggling it around in his jaws, yeah, like, it looks real. I meant to check like to see if they have the no animals were harmed in the making of this film. Uh, no in animals
2: credits. that matter, apparently.
1: Oh,
0: there's a trail of dead animals behind this movie that nobody it's, wants to talk about. It's
2: 1985. I I, I'm not, I mean, that's only a few years before I was born. So I don't want to say that the times were so different back then, but I I'm wondering like what kind of regulations were in place to protect animals and so on and so forth. And I mean, I don't think this movie was really leveraging, you know, like CGI or anything like that. So they probably were going with, um, practical effects and and stuff like that. So I I feel like the Fox must have really bent like they, maybe they did sacrifice a Fox. I mean, I think, can you train a Fox? You
1: can. Yeah. I I mean, you would, they would have gotten in, in real, real big trouble. Um, so hopefully this was all like above bar and hopefully somebody wasn't just like paid off to look the other way. And hopefully it wasn't a Milo and Otis situation where I'm pretty sure some Kittens and puppies died in the making of that film, and you have a hard. I was hard... going to say, are you about to tell me a terrible story that I didn't know about, David? Uh, uh, like I'm look, I'm checking it right now, and these are these are still allegations. But all I'm saying is, go watch the Milo and Otis scene with the bear, and you can't tell me that you know every kitten and puppy walked out of that thing looking fine
0: what if disney had had just leaned into the animated mixed with live action thing from like mary poppins and all the animals in this movie had been just straight up snow white style animated it was like it would have been who friend t- roger Wab- rabbit basically yeah. been terrible
2: <laughs> we would we would
0: be
1: talking about this movie today to mock all the, it.
0: all the drama taken out of this movie
1: yeah like the scene where the dog is is running to try to like jump in the train would have just looked hilarious <laughs> he
0: would have had a little hobo stick over his shoulder. and uh, yeah, I'm
1: back in. Great. I did love after she lets it out from the dog fight, and then she like gets on the train later, and the dog is there, and it's just like growling at her. And in just my head, there's this diagonal of like, hey, this is my car. All right, back off. Yeah. I got to this one first.
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, the movie, you know, we've kind of touched on that before, like the pacing and all of that. Like this movie is so... Again, I guess I'm just going to say it's like a Sunday Sunday film, like TV made made, not not necessarily made for TV, like, but it would work well on TV. It certainly would work well. It just it just feels very it's there. It's doing its thing. I mean, she kind of goes through all these like anecdotal adventures, you know, like obviously, you know, traveling from Chicago to the Pacific Northwest uh, or Washington State, whatever is, is no small feat. Um, But it really is just like, all right. In this scene, she's captured and put in like a, a girl's home, you know. And she escapes five seconds later. Like yeah. she's in a lot of these situations that, like, realistically, I mean, it's a movie. I'm not gonna, you know, hold a lot it's against a real that, movie but as like, we've established. Re- I mean, a real movie, like her dad would be dead. She'd also probably be dead. Every- everyone would be dead, basically.
1: the <laughs> Great really. Depression everyone's, when everyone everyone's died. dead.
2: <laughs> everyone's dead. Um, you know, but it but it really was just sort of like here's a a list of 10 things that she can go through on her way to the Pacific Northwest. She went through them. Some scenes were, you know, were entertaining. Like, I don't think the acting was ever bad, but it still was just sort of like, boom, boom, boom. And I mean, even when you get to the end spoilers, the movie ends, um, (laughs) it, it, you know, it's just like, she's reunited with her father and then it ends, Mm -hmm. which isn't a bad thing, right? Sometimes it's just don't overstay your welcome. Like we've reached the point Like the whole point was her reuniting with her father. They did it carry on, but still just like eh, taking that with the whole of the film just made it feel very perfunctory. If that makes sense.
1: Yeah. I'm with you on that. Cause it it is, it's a time where like, there's times where the pacing is kind of weird. Um, like as we said in the beginning, all this stuff is happening like really, really fast. And then it will just slow down for a while, like in the middle and then like stuff will happen again. then it's like slows down again. And it, when it goes between the two, it just gets a little, like, it. Like that's why it would work well, in my opinion, on, like, TV. You know, you can just, like, throw commercials in there. You catch it when you catch it. You're not super paying attention to it. Um, but watching it, you're right. It's like a series of events happen to her, and everything gets wrapped up with a neat little bow. Um, John Cusack gets a job. The dad is is all right in the end. They're reunited the the wolf is sent back with his pack i guess uh because he he also somehow made it across the country while originally being from washington and the the drama of it is the circumstances more it is like the story like the great depression is really kind of where all the sadness is but even like her she's always making her way you know she's meeting up with people Hooks up with a a gang of orphans for a while. Yeah, uh,
0: yeah. There, um, the series of events thing that uh, you were talking about, Nick, where it, it is just sort of like a a series of events, and then like the gang of orphans, and then the the series of characters. It is like they almost sat down and said, "All right, this is an epic journey." what takes place in an epic journey? Well, you meet a series of interesting characters and you have a series of interesting adventures. And they just said, all right. And they listed them and they knocked them all out. Uh, Mm -hmm. I I made note of the fact that we meet all of these characters and they're presented as though like, Oh, these are going to be pivotal people in her journey. The blacksmith with the scarred face, they really build that thing up. And then he goes, Oh, here's your dog. I'll take you to the train station. (laughs) and then she she just gets out of his car and she gives him a kiss and says thank you and, and runs off and and it's like oh they became great friends overnight too bad we didn't see any of the, the <laughs> interesting stuff that would have led to that it was just it was just this this really quick thing and the farmer's wife same thing like oh come feel the baby kick and then right. like then she's just running off in the woods and we never see these people again and it's it's a really really strange Uh, way to to a movie that came out the same year that did it better peewee's big adventure every one of those characters that he meets is interesting and and has some effect on his journey and then they all come back at the end and congratulate him for for completing his journey and that's such a silly movie that did the epic journey better than the epic journey movie did (laughs)
1: Yeah, I think there's something with that too because it's a a comedy and you know it's a lot of fun. So like the adventures are going to be wacky and kind of crazy. And that's yeah. what the movie is about, right? Is all of his wacky yeah, adventures. Fair. Where a movie like this, you expect there to be an arc, like somebody to have some sort of arc, but nobody does. Uh, Natty is the same kind of beginning to end. There was nothing like she didn't learn anything from being wolf- with the wolf. She didn't learn anything. Uh, from her time with, like, John Cusack. John Cusack, you know, his little rough. she learned learn
2: that she got a crush. I mean, she even... That's a, similar to what Phil was just saying. They have all these, like, interest, Like, you feel like there's a meaningful character um, relationship there that really goes nowhere. And, I mean, Cusack comes back into the picture. They apparently... Apparently, this was culminating into a, a brief romantic something, you know, a kiss. Basically, she sends John Cusack's Harry off. Um, but also it's sort of like, did there need like do there need to be something there? Like, did there have to be, like what?
1: Yeah, and she's writing that letter at the end, and it's like love. Oh no, sincerely, and it's like well, so. You guys are like still in con. Like, are you? What? What's like? What's happening there? What's like the point of it? Because ultimately, as we're kind of saying, like, it's a nice little journey. You know, some beautiful shots. There's some fun things that happen, but from a character perspective, like. Yeah, everyone's the same as kind of when they started. She didn't learn extra independence. Uh, the dad didn't learn, like, he, you know, he wasn't a bad dad to begin with. Uh, I'll, you know, we know he's not a communist. That's one of the things um, we learned is. about him. He's not a red, uh, but he's like a good dad. But it's not like, oh, well, you know, you got forced upon me, and, I, you know, we don't really— work together, but I raise you because you're my daughter. And then he leaves, and when he finds out she's dead, he's like, oh, no, why didn't I do more? And then he finds her again, and it's like, oh, everything's going to be okay because we're back together. It's like, no, he's a good father at the start. He's sad that she's dead, takes some widow's work, uh, almost dies, and then they're back together. Yay, roll credits. Yep, that's the movie. (laughs) We just uh, (laughs) gave you the real quick version. Somewhere in there, there's a blacksmith with a scarred face, you're right. They do become like good Which friends. Which I thought
0: was going to be the most interesting guy. I did not, and I think I think this speaks to how uninteresting these characters are, is for as many times as I saw this movie, even not having seen it for 30 years, there are shots in this movie that I do remember. If I think of like an a, a old steam engine, I think of a shot from this movie. I remember the water mm-hmm. tower scene. I remember things from this movie, but so many of these things in the middle, I didn't remember the orphanage. I didn't remember the, uh, the farmhouse. I didn't remember the blacksmith. Uh, because these were all things that just happened and really had no impact on me or,
1: or the story. I watched this movie earlier, finished it earlier, and I had forgotten about the orphanage scene until we started talking about it. That's how much of a non-scene it is. Like you, you could it have... has. I think it has one of the best shot and almost the most
0: dramatic scene in it is when they're they're like processing her in there, and they're like, the the camera's sort of rotating around the room. It's just like this really cinematic shot. It looks really good. It's dark. The lighting's really good. uh Yeah. He he's sort of like making assumptions about. Oh, you're a vagrant. You're an orphan. She's like, I'm not. And she's she's still like fighting to be her father's daughter. It's like, it says so much about her. And I didn't even remember that that shot existed. This is almost like the most impactful shot in this entire movie. And, and I didn't even remember that it happened until I watched it today.
1: There could have been a whole plot line of her, like, you know, struggling with, I don't know if my dad's alive or not. And what does right. that mean? And what's the purpose of this journey? And that would have, I think given this movie a bit more depth. Yeah. I agree with y'all. That's it. You disagree with us?
2: <laughs> I'm just, no, no. I mean, it's it feels good to be agreed with,
1: Nick. Yeah, Thank you. Well, I it's only cool, only yeah. I only let yes men on this podcast. So, <laughs>
2: um, no. I mean, it kind of, kind of like what you're saying was speaking to what I was saying before is how like sort of perfunctory the movie was, right? Like it just. It just is she, Natty Gan. Just she's she's got to get there. She's gonna get there. This is a Disney film. I mean, like I, I there was never really a moment of tension. Yeah. You know,
1: it's not it's not the incredible journey of Natty Gan. Like the amazing journey of Natty Gan. It's just the journey of Natty Gan. It's just the journey. Yeah, very true. She gets there. <laughs> it's true. I it's, I mean the journey has a beginning and it has an end, and a big middle. I really did think that group of street urchins, like she's going to hang out with them for a while. They steal one cow and uh, then they're gone. They're out of her life forever. That that
0: would have actually been a really cool thing to take up a big chunk of the movie with is her sort of in this this gang, this Oliver Twist kind of gang.
1: I totally thought of Oliver Twist when that started up. And I think,
2: but I think it's also, again, because like, any one of these scenes you feel like realistically, I mean, she's got to be starving or God forbid, disease-ridden or something. Like, I mean, she's traveling, you know, basically with nothing through the wilderness Often, more often than not. Um, so any one of these places where she gets holed up, like she really should be there for a, a long period of time. And otherwise it's just sort of, nope, This the, the scene serves to be a stopping point to the next thing.
1: Also, I, how did... Maybe I just don't know what wallets were like in the 1930s. How do they know that that was her wallet in the Colorado wreck? Also, how did they find that? That was a pretty big train wreck.
2: Maybe they, she had some sort of ID card or something. It was
0: the Depression. The first thing they were doing is looking for wallets. Everybody's trying to scrap up every single dollar they can. I don't know. Maybe she had a library card in there. Yeah. What other
1: form of ID would a a child have? In the 1930s. According the 1930s, to 1930s. My understanding of the 1930s uh, is that it was a lawless time for children. You could just wander the streets in gangs, stealing I kind cows. Of that way. How yeah. old is Natty? She I think I read she's supposed to be like 15.
0: Okay. Cuz by the by the end of the movie and and really throughout most of her traveling, I can see that But at the beginning of the movie, she's treated like a younger child. Yes. She's, she's like us. I would think a 15 year old in 1935 would be smoking openly, not sneaking off to the men's room uh, to hold a, a really sad looking cigarette, like a joint, like with two other kids who clearly don't know how to smoke. Uh, And like her friends are like playing stickball in the street, and everybody looks like a little kid. And then, like I don't know, I don't know if she's ten or if she's fifteen, and I don't know if Cusack is eighteen or twenty-five. And it makes the kiss at the end either okay or very problematic, depending on where they each fall in in their range. Because I just think. The story, like Cusack's telling a story about, like, oh, I was in San Francisco looking for work four years ago. It's like, well, how old are you? Were you, were you thirteen then, or were you twenty then? Like, I, d- I just, it, it, I had a really hard time nailing down the ages of these characters, and I didn't care until they kissed at the bus station, and then it was like, oh, this is maybe a little uncomfortable. I I don't think Disney was being nefarious about it. I just, it was a kid's movie, and I think it's pretty innocent. It just was like, this is really strange, because I don't know how old anybody is.
1: I was thinking that Cusack was somewhere in his 20s. That's why I was so surprised to find out this was the same year as Better Off Dead. And uh, doing a little reading in while we've been recording here, um, Cusack, when this movie came out, was 19 uh, and she, when this movie came out, was like 15. So you know, thinking like they're filming like a year before, they're both you know still teenaged. So it's, nah, I don't. Th- I when I first saw it, because I thought, oh, this is Cusack in his 20s. I was like, okay, it's a little odd. She's kind of the one that initiates it. And it's such like a. It seemed like they just kind of touched their lips together. You know, it seemed like there was almost no romance to this kiss whatsoever. Yeah, it- that I was willing to just kind of like be like, nah, okay. But, you know, seeing the ages, it's like, uh, all right, okay. I I guess it's fine. Yeah, I know she was old. Uh, she's like, I think 15,
0: like you said, 14, 15 when they filmed. I, but I just figured, you know, a lot of times like uh, kid actors like will play younger than they are if they mm-hmm. look younger. Like Meredith Salinger uh, still looks young. Like she's uh, early 50s now, I think. Yes. She's a she's a very youthful looking face, so it makes sense that when she was fifteen, she could have played a ten or a twelve year old yeah, that, fairly well. Plus, that, yeah. being super small.
1: That Patton Oswalt's a lucky guy. He is. Do we have anything yeah. else? Oh, go ahead, Nick. Modoc. I don't oh. know. I didn't, I didn't have anything to add. She voiced Supergirl and Teen Titans Go to the Movies. I see as I flip through her credits here. Is there anything else that we haven't talked about with this movie? that anybody wants to bring up uh honestly (laughs) i don't i don't think so yeah we've covered quite a bit of it
2: there's not a lot there i mean like we basically did a synopsis synopsis and you know a minute um it's pretty straightforward I I it is a
0: it is a bare bones uh kind of movie i think i don't i don't know what more there is to dig into we talked about the socioeconomic stuff in this movie which i mean it is a surprisingly layered movie like that like we said earlier but but the story the plot is just i mean it is just straightforward there's not even a b plot to this movie really her dad working kind of but really that's all just tying into the the main plot of this
1: even scatman Carruthers, who gets like top billing not the top top billing but he gets like high billing in this movie his names in the opening credits yeah disappears after the first 10 minutes of the film at that point he's been in it for about two minutes total he was there uh
0: just kind of to be the the expository character about how dangerous it is to ride the rails.
1: Yeah. And the, the character like, of uh, color
0: to like get that small check mark. That that, that too. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, considering that that was a time where nobody was keeping score. Uh, good on you, Disney. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> good on you for doing <laughs> the bare literal minimum. I really, I did, had no idea. Scatman Carruthers was in this movie because when I had originally seen this movie, I had no idea who he was. Uh, I hadn't seen the shining yet. Anything like that. Uh, so uh, to to see that he was in this saw him in the opening credits, I'm like, who is he? And I'm like, oh, my God,
1: the old man, the old man who uh, is her friend at the
0: at the very beginning.
1: I, I had no idea. I didn't recognize him until just strangely he took an axe in the chest in the middle of a Chicago street. How crazy not... would that have been? <laughs> <laughs> just out of nowhere. <laughs> oh. Well, we really kind of have gone scene by scene through this movie, talked about pretty much all the ancillary characters. So let's ask the question now, is this a movie that is worth visiting today, or would it be better served in the Hall of Memory? Phil, you brought this here to us. What do you think? Oh man, I really enjoyed
0: this movie when I was a kid. I had a very brief period where I wanted to be a railroad uh, hobo and, uh, <laughs> and, and have these adventures. So this was a really pivotal movie for me. And it really kind of pains me to say, I, I was a little bit bored by, by watching this today. Mm. Um, I, I don't know that it completely stays in the halls of memory. I'd say you can show it to your kids, but then I realize, like, I did not show this movie to my kids when they were little at at the age where they really would have appreciated it. Mm -hmm. I think this is a fine movie for uh, smaller kids, 10 10 to 12 years old, I think is kind of the sweet spot for this. But it's not something I think that I'm probably going to revisit. I don't dislike this movie. I don't think there's really... Anything blatantly wrong with it, I just don't think this is a movie I'm gonna revisit again all
2: right, Nick, what say you? Yeah, I mean, as not having experienced it before i I didn't find it offensive i didn't it's it just is it's just a film that is, so it's similarly, it's not that it only belongs in the hall of memory, but I mean I don't. Like this this whole thing may have just been like a Phil Root fever dream. Like literally, I don't think anyone knows about this film. So <laughs> I, I don't entirely know if, possible. I don't <laughs> know if it if it if it even matters, but it's it's just it's a fine film. It's like you said it's a bit slow, um, but like the, the actors the actors act and the cinematography cinematographizes whatever you know what I mean? Like it it just is. So um I mean It does the job. If, if you've listened to our conversation and find that remotely appealing, then, then, you know, check it out. But otherwise, like, you know, it's a future nostalgia podcast might stumble upon it in the far future.
1: I'm with you both. I think it's a movie that you could watch with your kids. And I think like it could even allow you to kind of talk about some of these things like the depression um, which is an interesting time in our history and, and what that was like and what that meant for people. And there's stuff like sexual assault comes up, which can be a bit heavy, but depending on the age of your kids, it could also be a way to like have a conversation with them about it. Um, but I don't think this was the hidden gem of history of, of things that I had missed and now like, ah, oh, I'm so glad I watched it. Um, I know there's people out there who have like movie nights with their kids all the time. And maybe this will be something you watch and you decide to show your kids. I'm not going to say like, don't do it. You know, Phil said 10 to 12 is kind of the sweet spot for it, but it's not a movie that I would ever see myself throwing on Being like, yeah, it's a Friday night. I just want to relax after a week at work. (laughs) You know what I could go for? The journey of Natty Gan. Uh, It's not that for sure. Um, yeah, I uh,
0: that uh, throw that thing in the Hall of Memory. No, I don't, it's it's a, it's really hard to say because I don't, um, I keep coming around to this because now I feel like I'm too hard on. If well, somebody said, hey, let's watch this, I'd be like, yeah, that's fine, whatever. It, it, it's an inoffensive movie, but it, it's nothing to go out of your way for.
1: And that's what I think, like when I'm saying like Hall of Memory is not like, uh, it's not worth revisiting. There's some stuff that it totally does mean for that, but it can also just mean like, it's not worth revisiting in the way of like, it's not life changing. It's not because it's bad or anything like that. It's just like, you know, watching it as an adult, you're not going to be like, Oh man, how'd I forget about this movie? You'll be like, Oh right. That's why I forgot about this movie.
0: It does make a lot more sense of why I stopped watching this movie and never watched it again for 30 years. (laughs) Teenage Phil Rude was just like, no. Oh man, had enough of this.
1: (laughs) Those are our thoughts and opinions. We want to hear yours listening audience. If you've, watched the journey of Natty again if you have any memories of it if you have anything that you think we're totally wrong about reach out to us hit me one more pod on the socials hit me one more time dot com slash contact you can find all of our stuff there also our email address and if you feel so inclined uh please consider going on over to patreon and supporting us there for just a few bucks a month you can get some bonus content we're putting out you can get episodes early uh and If you are not in a position to do that, which we totally understand, go on your podcatcher of choice. It's probably Apple. Um, If you have Apple podcasts on your phones, please go there and give us a five-star rating. Leave us a review. Just share your opinions. We'd love to see them. And also, it helps other people find the show. We don't ask you to do this very often. We don't want to, like, pester you with it, but it really would mean a lot if you took a minute to just go ahead and do that for us. Phil, thank you so much for being on the show today.
0: Oh, thanks for having me.
1: Where can people find you should
0: they wish to do so? You can listen to my podcast with, uh, actually, it's Austin's podcast, but I'm also <laughs> on it. It's the Picture Show with Austin and Phil Rude. We review movies anywhere you get uh, podcasts. Uh, you can also find the artwork I do for that at philrude.com, and you can get all my social media links from there too. Check them out,
1: Nick. Always great having you here.
2: Likewise, David. Um, where can people find me? They can find me on Instagram at palblamshazam underscore art or on Twitter at shazam. And I just want to say, Phil, thank you because of your insistence uh, or frequent reminders. Um, you know, th- th- it feels like a long time ago now, but... Um, You know, the fact that I actually have a somewhat active art Instagram, uh, I'm going to credit to you. You have
0: art on your uh, art page. Uh, Don't credit me. You're doing the work. They're getting it
2: done. I I am, but I also could have very easily just sort of let it sit there. Been like, it was nice making that. If there was a nice, like, three minutes of my life, I'll never get back. But now there's lots of minutes of my life I can't get back. But I at least put some art in. You know what I mean? Yeah,
0: yeah, you have a document of those minutes you can't get back now.
2: Exactly.
1: Yeah, you shamed him enough for him to (laughs) finally start putting art up there.
0: I'm out there shaming one artist at a time
1: until they start posting their work on on social media <laughs> an audience of course i almost forgot if you want nick to keep being the co-host then you can text the name nick to one 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 two three and if you want phil to take his place text phil to one 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 two three we will have the voting tallied next week and we'll see who is here
2: wait is this a real you're really there's like a
1: no what, what? i mean yes do it Text, I mean, standard text I, messaging I, rates I, this may This is apply. like, you know, Don't DC. for me, I
2: have too much shit
1: to do already. <laughs> I, I really don't have
2: time for this. Oh, no, 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 now I'm really curious.
1: If people want to find me, they can do so under DavLuz, that's D-A-V-L-U-Z, Twitter and Instagram, find me there. Listening audience, we do this show for you. We do this show because of you. Remember, you can't move forward if you're always looking back. We'll see you next time. Hey!